Yeah. U3. Live from the underground. Yo, it's your girl DJ Baby Blue Diamond, and you tune in to U3 Underground Unsigned and Unknown. And we have a special guest tonight, or uh, this morning, I should say, since this interview is going to be released in the morning. We have Chef Stu here. What is How you doing? What's up? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I always start by saying all good things come from above, but the helping hands certainly belong to you. So thank you for this opportunity to come on to the show. I appreciate it, and um, let's make it happen. You're welcome, and I agree with that. I agree with that statement that you said. Um, let's talk about what made you want to get into cooking. Who inspired you to start cooking? Um, to be honest with you, cooking was like a survival thing. I like it. It kind of happened by accident. To be honest, like early on, um, I come from a really big family in Baltimore. Um, my grandmother had 13 kids. And like a lot of those kids actually, you know, has something to do with cooking, even if they didn't do it in their real profession. Like, you know, some of them did it professionally. I was just actually just cooked and did other careers. And some reason it skipped over my mother for some crazy reason. And so like, she didn't really cook at all. Like when she did, it really wasn't all that good. And we used to go to my grandmother's house throughout the weekend or over the weekend, and uh, my grandmother with all those family members, aunts, cousins, whatever, it was still like, you know, the old school, big mama, everybody come down, grandma's on Sundays, she cooking breakfast, she make lunch, then she making dinner. So if we was over there on Saturday and Sunday, got over there late on a Friday night, you talking seven meals in, in the last couple of hours, and then so my mother would work nights. And, um, so this was like 11, 12 years old type, for real. And so by my mother working nights, you know, we would literally, I would be in charge. And so it was like, we, it was a survival thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can make y'all something before I go, or y'all can eat a sandwich, like, again? You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, you get tired of so that. <laughs> I started cooking, and then I would just, you know, take advantage of being at my grandma's house on the weekends, picking up what I could from her, and then go home and try stuff out and that's your how favorite it recipe that you learned from your grandmother you know to be honest with you my grandma really didn't give me any recipes so to speak like it just it was the visual like but yeah i mean i mean I, her spaghetti was amazing her i mean you know how you like a person if you like a person cooking it's almost anything that they do right but it's like <laughs> yeah her spaghetti was great her mashed potatoes her fish her crab cakes at one point, I ended up moving, like, as I got older, I had moved out of my, um, moved away from my mother, and I moved into with my sister, because she lived in the city, my mother lived in the county. And so, like, that's when it really kind of took another toll, because now I'm at grandma's house every day. <laughs> <laughs> so you was kind of spoiled getting that food. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get home from school. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, yeah. my grandmother is in here cooking every day, like, it's, like, restaurant quality type food but um it was just basically just her just experience of just making so many different things I wasn't really like putting it two and two together to really ask how much of this or how much of that you know what I'm saying I just kind of looked at what she did and then just played with it because that's the cool thing about cooking you know what I'm saying yeah. you can kind of buy a little teeny bit you need a recipe to get the logistics of it is what we call the spirit of the dish but even when you watch people do stuff sometimes without the measurements, you still got a sense of what to do. Yeah, you get that taste of it. 
I like that. Do you have a go-to dish that you just love to make? I mean, I like to make every, I get excited about everything. Like, honestly, I get excited about Indian food. I get excited about Asian food. I just um, was talking to a chef friend, friend of mine the other day, and I was saying, oh, I'm about to do this Asian slaw. She's like, you always do the Asian slaw. Make another one. And I'm like, for what? I like making what I like to make. You know what I mean? But yeah, it depends. You know what I'm saying? Some days, Asian food, some days, Indian food. Some days, I mean, obviously, classic Southern dishes, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I still like macaroni and cheese and fried chicken. But be, okay. by me being a competition chef and I'm willing to go on TV and battle other chefs, um, you got to have a well-rounded wheelhouse to be able to do multiple things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At least, not not to say that you specialize in, in all of this stuff, but, you know, I want to be able to come at you and you say, today's theme is Caribbean. I'm like, all right, great. I know what to do. Today's theme is Mexican. Okay, great. I know what to do. You don't want to be, all I do is make crab cakes every day, all day. And then I get on the (laughs) show and they say, listen, today is a Australian dish. And it's like, man, what do they eat in Australia? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just a little different when it comes to that. You know what I'm saying? When did you transition to becoming an actual chef? Like, when did you realize, you know what, this food is just not for my family. It's not a survival. People actually like my food. I can do this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, um, again, just piggybacking in the story, like, growing up as a kid cooking. So at that point, you know, I already had the cooking bone somewhat in my body. Yeah, I would actually go to a, a culinary school after that and take a, co- a course on culinary arts restaurant management three years. Oh. And so, like, when I graduated from high school, I literally graduated with certification in culinary as well. Nice. And I was a little burnt out because I had been cooking since, like, 12. And now, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm 17. I ain't got to come in the house no more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I graduated from high school. That means I can stay out to 12 o'clock now? All right, great. You know what I mean? Like, I tell my brother, you, you know what I mean? You 16, like, you should learn how to do some of this stuff your damn self. But no, I, um, from that, I kind of started to do some other things. I went to college for motivational speaking, business management. Um, and then I started doing a bunch of random jobs. Like, I used to work at Direct TV and it's just some random stuff. And it didn't yeah. really hit me until like seven or eight years later, I want to say. When I just like, I mean, sad but true, like I ended up losing my house. I lost my car, you know, the, the whole situation with my the girl wasn't working out. And it was just like almost one of those times where you really felt like, damn, yo, like if there's a place to go hide under the earth, I need to know how to get there because everything is just crazy. Yeah. And in that, I ended up losing everything and I moved back to Baltimore. And so like that was like one of my biggest fears at the time because ultimately you know i left to go set out to do something a few people try to talk me out of it i knew that i was going after a big thing and so you know when it didn't really work it's like damn now i gotta go home it's almost like you're gonna get hit with a thousand i told you souls and then trying to alienate yourself from the street life is almost like damn i never want to get in a predicament where I tried to do it the right way. It didn't work. And now here me going back with something that I know isn't a great move. And so in all of that, I actually went back to Baltimore and I got a job at a restaurant. Like crazy story. Like when I was gone all those years living in Atlanta, 
you know, I miss my family. I left my mother, my sister, my brother, like, and we was tight. Like we hung out all the time. We talked all the time. And so when I left at first, it didn't feel too bad because I was, you know, coming home so much. It almost was like, you know, damn, you know, and you didn't really feel like you missed me. Yeah. Um, we talked yeah. all the time, obviously, but then as the time would go on, it would be like, you know, I can't come this time. I'm gonna miss this birthday party and damn, I'm gonna miss this. So like, when I decided to go back to Baltimore after all hell had broke loose, what I said was, you know what, I miss my family. And so I'm going to go and stay with my sister for two weeks. Then I'm going to go stay with my brother for two weeks. And then I'm going to go stay with my mother for two weeks. And then I'm going to run wild. But at least I know when I came home, I kind of felt like two weeks of me just get, sitting around you all day long would definitely make you, you know, get us back the way we was. Yeah. And so... I went to I went to my mother's house, and um, again, my mother still was working nights, as I said before. And so she was like, "I want to take you out to this restaurant tomorrow, so that you know, show you around a little bit, um, and just you know, whatever, go hang out in the city, and you know, we'll just go to dinner tomorrow." And so I went like where she lived at down the street. I'm walking, and so like this is like a couple of days after the whole transition of moving back from Atlanta back to Baltimore. And so I'm sitting on the bench and I guess it was written all over my face. And so like me and this guy get to talking and he's like, you know, you know, I'm here visiting my mother and, you know, life just threw me a bunch of curveballs and, you know, whatever, just, just chopping it up for real. And um, so he was like, well, look, I, I work at this restaurant and um, if you want a job, let me know. And I'm like, slow down. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just coming to just see my mother. Like, I'm <laughs> definitely probably not trying to get a job at this restaurant, right? Yeah. So. The next day, my mother say, let's go out to eat. We go out to eat. We go into the restaurant. We sit down. Why was the same black dude who I sat on the bench with the day prior, this happened to be the same restaurant that he was talking about. So when oh, he wow. said, <coughs> he thought I wanted the job. Like, <laughs> oh, he must want the job. He here. <laughs> You're like, now I'm just here to eat. <laughs> my mother, like, he walked up to me and had me the application. And my mother, like, and I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's the guy from yesterday. It was just crazy. So, I mean, like, literally, it landed in my lap. And I, I applied for the job. And I ended up staying with my mother. Like, honestly, like, she wasn't even first on the list. Like, I just wanted to go see her first. And then I was going to go do something else. Yeah. And I ended up staying. You know what I'm saying? I got the job at the restaurant. And it just dawned on me. I'm like, with that man, with the house, with the car, with everything. And so it was just like, you know what? even during the interview process, like I was reminded of everything. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause he's asking me, so how long you been cooking? I'm like, really my whole life. And I went to this school and I did this, I got this certificate, I got this, I got that. And um, I was just thinking to myself like, damn, you know what? Like I got hired on the spot, like literally, you know what I mean? And yeah. I just said, okay, I understand it. There's no more career changes. I almost like sad but true like honestly um you know I kind of rejoice in adversity and I know that's hard for most people to do and I don't want to seem unemotional where something tragic happens and I just find it so funny but even after I go through whatever emotions is needed I understand that the potter's clay is at work now like literally like you know what I'm saying when yeah when it gets bad like this Unless I did something to deserve it, which I don't think I did, then I feel like I should be okay in a minute. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so that's that's just how I looked at it. And it just 
it all worked out because I said, damn, you know what? Now I was happy that I lost the house. I was happy that I lost the car. I was happy that the relationship didn't work out because I understood that there was no other way to get me back to Baltimore. And then getting back to Baltimore, now I get the restaurant job, like two days after being back, it's like, wow, you did all of that just to get me to work at a restaurant? Cool, (laughs) I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it takes that. Sometimes it takes us going through something to get where we need to, you know, to our final right. destination. Right. Let's talk about the cooking competitions. I see that you're in a couple of cooking competitions on the Food Channel. You're one of my favorite ones. Market Supermarket Steak. I, I like that show. Well, I love the Food Channel anyway. I love watching the Food Channel all the time. But I love cooking competitions. Sometimes I pretend like I'm in a cooking competition in my kitchen by myself with my own clock. what do you like best listen honestly (laughs) that's a really good thing to do because if you don't practice this it will not go the way that you know that it can go when you get there you know what i'm saying like oh yeah so keep doing that but um you never know what they're gonna throw at you (laughs) but that's been uh, um that's been one of the biggest blessings in my life to even a even be on Food Network's radar because, I mean, let's be realistic. They shooting 10 shows a season. Yeah. They need four chefs to compete. So hypothetically, that's four pe- That's 40 people, you know what I'm saying, to shoot a season. And you got 9 million people applying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a lot. So it's like, when you just look at it in that regards, like, even getting on the show in itself is a win. Like, I don't look at it like I lost the show because I was on the show, right? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, all right, that in itself is just, it's rewarding, you know what I'm saying? Because they're looking for people that they know got what it takes to be successful in this business. And so when you get selected, it's almost like they're letting you know that you 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 got the goods. What you do with them is on you, but you got you got what it takes. And so it's, it's rewarding because, I mean, we got the Oscars, we got the Grammy. And so, like, people, you know, get recognized for their accomplishments. And so, you know, it doesn't get no bigger. Now, in that, saying that I'm happy to get on the network just, just to be on the network, um, when I actually won uh, one of the shows on the network, um, it changed the game. Yeah. Completely. Like it, it, it gave you a different a different respect level in the industry. And we, so if you're not really respected, it's hard to get notoriety. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So people respect it because they say, Well, damn. I don't know her from a can of paint, but I actually seen him cook before. Dude know what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Would you continue doing food competitions? Is there like one that you haven't done that you want to try out? Like Iron Chef? I, I mean, to me, it's the best <laughs> exercise in the world. Like, it's a mental challenge. I can't put myself in that same situation if I try to. So, yeah. of course, I'm always eager to go. Um, you know, I, I did Guys Grocery Games first. I did a one cutthroat kitchen. And then I just appeared on Supermarket Stakeout. So this technically is my third competition on Food Network. So. I don't know if, if it's safe to say it or not, but I think Food Network has a thing for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so if hey, they know like I know, they're going to keep bringing I, me back. I'm going to be your next thing. I'm going to speak it right now. You know, you're going to be the 
I mean, no, Iron Chef would be a little out my league, honestly. Um, I would I would fall back from Iron Chef. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, Bobby Flay. That'd be a good one. I would definitely battle Bobby Flay, though. I wouldn't mind battling Bobby Flay, clearly. <laughs> I would love that's Actually, that's the show that I really want to go on is uh, Beat Bobby Flay. Okay, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. That'd be nice to do that. Well, I don't want to get too much into your personal life, but do you feel like food is the ultimate love language? Um, I always say women love tacos. I know I love tacos. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, um, to be honest with you, um, I would say this. I would say that it's kind of safe to say that, um, simply because, and I don't want to disrespect the music thing, so please don't take the answers of being arrogant. But it's like, although music has its um, therapeutic qualities, yeah, and although it does help dictate emotion, <laughs> um, a person won't die if they don't eat. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. A person won't die if your radio breaks. Yeah. That's for true. three weeks. Yeah. Now, let me see you lock in for three weeks no with nothing. <laughs> and let's see the benefits and the effects of you not eating. You'll be able to notice. You won't be able to look at me and notice that I haven't heard no good music in three weeks because, to be honest with you, I haven't heard good music in, in years. But. <laughs> I, you would definitely be able to look at me in five minutes and say, boy, if you don't go and eat, something look wrong with you. So yeah, I know that is 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 they both have their purpose, but I would say that yes, food trip to me, honestly, I don't know if being biased because I'm a chef, but I mean, even before I was passionate about cooking food all the time, I still woke up every day and went in a refrigerator. And at the end of the night, I had to stop somewhere and get something to eat to do the same thing. Yeah, you fixed you something to eat. You made you something. Let's talk about um stew sticks. What is that? All right, so stew sticks is my fast casual concept. You know, trying to connect with the public. You know, because I'm on a different level as a chef, and I want to be attainable. I want people to really be able to try my food, and so it doesn't make economical sense to some people to have me come to certain parts of the world to cook for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless they're throwing some sort of a big event and it gets a little pricey. And so a lot of times people do really want to use me for the event. But by the time you throw in the flight and all this extra stuff and it's almost like. I think we lost him. I hope not. He might be loading. I think his phone closed on Back. We back. Okay. <laughs> so Steve Sticks was the before the hang up. I was telling you how it was my 10 signature lollipops highlighting on foreign and domestic flavor profiles. 
um, using a little diversity and unity within the menu to connect with the people. And so, for instance, I have the crab cake lollipop that signifies my love for Baltimore and, you know, their love for the seafood. I have the chicken lollipop with the smoky gouda mac and cheese. That's the say, hey, ATL, I didn't forget you. I still love y'all. Yeah. Um, and then to get out of the country, I got the risotto lollipops to highlight on some um, Italian food. So it's just a real way where seldom can multicultural people walk into an establishment and find something that they feel like highlights them and identifies with them. And so by doing that, I hope that people will come in and try the, the, the menu and try the lollipops. And so currently right now, the menu stew sticks is available for catering and personal events. Now, um, once the COVID releases, I can go back into talks with um, franchise concepts with people to put it in airports, stadiums, um, casinos, places like that. Like that's really where I want stew sticks to be at. I want you I want it to be in buildings where there's thousands of people at. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. I like how this COVID has, um, you know, brought out the chefs and a lot of people. Because a lot of people, so you said that fast food, and now they're cooking more. It's more accessible on the YouTube and all that. Can you see yourself starting a YouTube channel, maybe doing some cooking tips to people? Have you done that before? Actually, no, I um, I I do every day. I got something on YouTube right now. It's called How to with Chef Stew. Okay. And so what I'm doing is basically answering really simple questions for the at-home cook, trying to get y'all a little well-rounded to make some really simple food because I know everybody wants to eat better, but like it's, you want to, you want to crawl in baby steps a little bit, you know what I'm saying? And so um, the videos are available now on my Chef Stew's YouTube page. You can just put in hashtag Chef Stew how to, and it'll take you to some of the videos. But more importantly, I've actually shot a whole season of a show called How To With Chef Stew. So the stuff on Instagram is the teasers to get you guys to tune in to the actual show. And in the show, I'm doing really quick rapid fire meals. All of the meals are like always under 20 bucks. Like I really keep the show um, super economical, like, nice. you know, I mean, I'm $25 guys, you can eat like this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is better than ordering out and stuff like that. So exactly. that's going to be available on, um, Roku and all streaming platforms in about two weeks. Okay. So how to chef stew, definitely check me out. Voozle TV, Roku TV, however you got to find it, go to Voozle's website. I'll be dropping links on my social media, but, um, Tune in for How To With Chef Stu and let me know what y'all think about the show. It will be one of the first interacting cooking shows where I will be talking to the public. And so like you guys get a chance to ask me questions. You might want to know how to make lasagna. I'll make lasagna for your next episode. How to make, you know, fried chicken. I'll make it on the show. So like basically you guys ask me what to make. I show you how to make it. I definitely will be tuning in and getting my questions together. I like to cook. I love food. <laughs> so I will be doing that. What are some, what are your top three kitchen gadgets that you just cannot live without? You just got to have all the time. Like, I know I it's kind of hard, three. right? Top three. Nice count, but no. Um, <laughs> I got to have a blender. Okay. Or a RoboCoop. Technically a RoboCoop. 
it's like a high power blender. It's a lot bigger, it's a lot stronger, and it really breaks down everything. Um, so I gotta have one of them. So if I don't have a RoboCoop, I definitely need a blender. That's where basically your marinades, your sauces, you know, a lot of stuff comes from. So I would definitely yeah. need one of them. Um, the knife don't really count, but a sharp knife is super important, but I guess that's a given that you're already in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, the next thing that I would need besides a RoboCoop would be uh, a mandolin. Um, a mandolin, like basically, you know, you can slice things into really fine strips. And even though my knife work is crazy, where I can cut it, I can I can cut it by hand the same way you would use the mandolin in. Yeah. But the mandolin just really helps the process a little bit. So I would definitely um, have one of them. So RoboCoop mandolin, and then a nice deep iron skillet. <laughs> That or a fryer. Yeah, <laughs> fryer, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when when all else fails, fry the shit. <laughs> you know what that what happens on chop. When all else fails, just fry it. You don't know what to no, do. Really, that's you don't know what it is? Fry it. <laughs> uh, we fried steaks one time. Somebody wanted to, well done. They kept sending the steak back. The chef said, just drop it in the fryer. He'll, he'll like it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's crazy. That's funny. Just fry it. I like that. I like that. What are some tips you can give to some young chefs that want to become a chef like you that's just starting off? Um, you got to be very coachable and teachable. Um, and so I, I guess that sounds almost the same. But it really is not, honestly, yeah. because the coach, the coach always can tell the players. I mean, that's why even in the NFL right now, and I mean, the, the team goes on the field, the coach lays low, and he watches the game. And then he calls into the game, and he says, listen, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but number 55 is open, right? Yeah. And so now he sees something that you don't see, and then you call another play and you throw it to number 35 when I just told you that 55 has been open the whole game. And so, like, that's where the teachable comes in at because people going to give you advice the whole time. And if you don't implement what's being told, you know what I'm saying, because the ego get into the way, then you're going to waste a lot of time. So, like, you got to be a sponge in this business. Like, chefs know that we really learn with our eyes. I know you got the people who really want it all down on paper and that's how they learn but great chefs you they can they can observe you from across the room and be like I know exactly what to do you know what I'm saying like yeah so you just got to really be a sponge and you got to be willing to be very uh, coachable and teachable and 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 learn with your eyes I mean the people say people eat with their eyes that's like a cliche because chefs learn how to cook with their eyes like you watch me do something, you really shouldn't have a lot of questions to ask me on what I just did. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that. And I, I'm a very hands-on learner when I learn, so I like to watch and get in it when I'm learning stuff. So I agree with that statement. I really do agree with that statement. Um, I just had a I would add in one other thing, too, though. Um, <laughs> just why you over there thinking of the next thing. Um, <laughs> I would definitely suggest the chefs go and work in multiple operations. It's going to be really hard to jump in the game 
running your own business, trying to be America's next top chef if you aren't rubbing shoulders with people who've got more experience than you. So where do you go? You go and get in some establishments where people who have been working for 15 and 20 years in the business, you know what I'm saying? And you, you basically work there part time. Like, I don't care if they willing to let you work a day, like take the day. Like, I know you want that solid 40 hours a week and the benefits and all that, but like really you ante yourself up by taking that. Oh, you only got two days open. Cool. I'm your guy. Even if that only lasts two months, you still going to pick up techniques and methods and you're going to actually be getting paid for it. You see what I'm saying? So it's yeah. kind of like, it takes away the pressure of yourself to like, you learn to earn, you learn, you learn while you earn versus trying to be home and doing all of the studying and practicing all of this food. And it's actually costing you to learn how to be a better chef versus you going to a job for eight hours, getting your eight hours, working with products that they provide, getting the techniques and the methods so that in two years time, you can now go into another establishment because they're going to actually do this real quick and do that real quick. And they're going to want to see if you know how to do this stuff with simplicity. And if you don't, you got a real problem. Okay. I like those tips right there. If you, uh, when you do watch this video, I hope you are taking these tips in and learning a little something about cooking, especially if you want to be a cook or an aspiring chef. That would be nice to take these tips in. When you are not cooking, what do you do for fun? When you get a chance to lay back, relax? Chill, trip off my little son. Um, you know, hang out with the kids. I spend a lot of time on airplanes and other cities, television shows. So daddy do miss, you know, some quality terms. <laughs> so I definitely try to make sure that I catch up on all of that. Um, fun fact, though, I watch Jeopardy every day, 7 o'clock in the West. Um, okay. And then really, like, I've been really, like, kind of helping people start their own television shows. Um, you know, not only do I have my own show, How To With Chefs Do, but I'm, I really, I'm, 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 I'm giving chefs an opportunity to create their own cooking shows. So... I spend a lot of times mentoring other chefs and teaching them about TV and teaching them how to really, you know, get this thing together and try to get, you know, a little bit more exposure out of themselves. And so if you know anybody that's listening that think that they got what it takes to basically start their own cooking show, let me know and I will definitely give them a shot. I will definitely send people your way so we can get some young chefs in the making because we need more young chefs in the making. <laughs> Right. that'd be nice well thank you chef Stu, for dropping by being on my show it's a pleasure you're like my you are my first guest that's not music related so <laughs> it's always an honor you got to meet the dopest chef in the game get familiar <laughs> with me definitely get on my pages take the time to really write i didn't get a chance to speak on my transition kitchen foundation we had talked about that at another interview no you can talk really about it go ahead tell us about it oh okay so um, nothing that I ever say to the crowd is I want y'all to think that I'm bragging is, is my testimony. I know that sometimes when you hustle different, it sounds a little different when you talking to people that don't vibrate like you. But like in all my success, I have done nothing but to try to help everybody around me attain some success within it based on the knowledge, the experience and the resources that I've gathered throughout of it. And so like get into Food Network, cooking for celebrities, being featured as the best chef in 2014, winning awards. I mean, becoming a household name right before your very eyes, I had to stop and acknowledge the fact that I felt like 
I wanted to show God that I was appreciative of what he's done for me. And so I don't want to wait until I become a multimillionaire to try to act like I want to give back. And so I know that we got a lot of problems within our communities, but I want to come with a real solution and then a solution that actually works because I'm using myself as the example in it to say, hey, look, I started in Baltimore City. My father died from AIDS. I know about the whole thing, your parents using drugs. I know about running the street life. I get the whole thing about losing the homies. I know what it feels like to be a black man in America. I get all of that, right? But I picked up this knife and I gave it everything that I could and it turned me into this. And so now Transition Kitchen is no more than a way for me to basically connect with the communities all across the world by starting a culinary yards training program. that we're giving people the basic stuff that they need to be better home cooks. And you know, if they like what they see, then we help them with a career path that actually sends them, you know, on a journey to, you know, success in the culinary yards industry. So Transition Kitchen Foundation, please get familiar with Transition Kitchen Foundation. Um, and then my straight, my, my, I got my, I got my straight chefing clothing line on. We run kitchens. I don't okay. know if you can see it. I run kitchens. Okay. So straight chef and apparel. If you just go to Chef Stew on Instagram, all of the pages is in my bio that I want you guys to get familiar with. Um, straight chef and apparel, first clothing line for chefs. Y'all gotta go support. Transition Kitchen, Cardinal Yards Training Program for the youth. Y'all gotta go support. Stew Sticks, my fast casual concept around the world real soon. Y'all gotta go show support. And um, check me out on all streaming platforms. You know what I'm saying? Y'all just see me on Marriage Bootcamp, WeTV, Food Network. I'm all over the place right now. Exactly. So make sure that y'all get on them internets, get in them comments and let me know how y'all feeling about y'all boys too. The feedback is incredible, good or bad. I still wanna hear what the people got say. Well, thank you, Chef Sue, for dropping by you three. It's a pleasure to have you and to talk about food. I love food, so that's a good com- good conversation to talk about. I already follow you on um, your Chef Sue page, so I will be following your other pages, too, and get some up Okay. I got you. Got it. And at some point, we're going to connect so you can try this food. I will. I would like that. Maybe you got to come to Texas and cook some food. No, some, no I come down there. We'll set Barbecue. I don't know if you no, got Texas barbecue. Hey, but. <laughs> I'll set something. I'll set something up. Let me know.